Hello, and welcome to Young Creatives, a show where we talk to artists about their passion, history, and overall joy in creating. I'm your host, Brian Tobias. Every good show has creative people making decisions on how each scene looks and flows into the next. These creative decisions are made to evoke a specific feeling and make the show unique. My guest today is Hannah King Bosnian, a storyboard artist and illustrator currently working on a hit Nick Jr. show, Baby Shark. Hannah, thank you so much for being here to talk about your history with art, personal artwork, and your job. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. This is pretty cool. <laughs> Never been on a radio show before. <laughs> awesome. So I'd like to start with a bit about your history with art. Um, where would you say your journey with art began? Um, for me, I feel like a lot of times when people talk about like, like when you talk to artists that do the professionally, it's like, oh, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. And it's like, no, I've been doing a lot of stuff since I was a little kid. Like I've been, I baked, I don't know, cookies or whatever. I did science and any of that could have gone through. The only thing that was really a through line was I just always watched cartoons. Like I never really had much of an attachment to art in like a museum or like fine art stuff or anything like that. The only thing that really kind of stuck with me for whatever reason was like moving animation, like drawings moving attached to a story. And then like, as I got older, as I got into high school and just doodled on the, sorry, just doodled like on the edges of my notebook and all that, um, I realized I could do that as a job. And then as I've grown more as not just a storyboard artist, but an artist as an adult, I'm connecting to all of these different aesthetics that like seep into nostalgia and influence culture like punk or glitchcore or vaporwave or anything like that. So, yeah. Nice. So did you always see yourself having a job in the arts or when did that, when did you realize like, oh, this could be my, this is something I would want to do? <laughs> uh, actually, not at all. When I was in high school, when I was applying to schools, I was applying to be a physics major. I was like totally sure I was going to go in and like go to like grad school and study like astrophysics. My specialty was quantum mechanics. Like that was the thing that I loved and I still really like it. It's just like a fun side passion and if, but like I always liked art I always liked you know animation drawing telling stories in a visual way and the thing that made me be like I just thought it was impractical I was like oh I'm not going to be one of those people that like goes to art school and like waste their life and like is this doesn't make any money as a starving artist and like whatever and then I toured um I think it was UC Santa Barbara and I saw their physics department and they had this like drawing on the like some joke one of the people had written on like some expo what's called like a whiteboard that was like majors that don't get jobs, English majors and physics majors. And I was like, if I'm not gonna get a job, I might as well do the thing that I like more. So at that point I was like, well, I like both of these things, but I really like telling stories visually. I like like art, I like storyboarding, and I like cartoons, that's what I wanna do. So then I decided to like go to school for that and et cetera. Wow, that's, that's a unique introduction, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so what what cartoons or like what specific things kind of drew you to or like kept you entertained <laughs> like what was your favorite shows back then that drew to towards art um I mean I have like long histories of different things with cartoons in general but of course I could list like really obvious ones like of course like gravity falls had an effect like personally i really like futurama because like we're talking about physics that's a show that really connects like they have a lot of like 
math jokes and like it's like the opposite of big big bang theory where big bang theory is like haha look these guys are nerds laugh at how smart they are whereas futurama is like we're like we're the nerds we're gonna tell jokes that people like who like math like so anything like that but the things that for whatever reason really stuck to me were those kinds of shows that you would see like once and then never again for years and then you would find them as an adult and be like what is this like um uh, if you ever saw Home Movies, which was on Adult Swim, it was this weird, like, not very good looking um, animated thing that involved a lot of, like, improv from the acting. There are other shows connected to that. Uh, the Life and Times of Juniper Lee was a show that I saw once as a child and then found in middle school and rewatched, like, a million times. Code Leo, like, anything that is, like, weird and to the side and that you just wouldn't expect to exist that's the kind of thing that forever for whatever reason just like stuck with me and like even to this day that's the kind of thing that I want to work on nice and so I want to move towards your your personal art and for those listening how how would you describe your art uh just like my personal art like yeah, your personal art sorry yeah your personal art how would you describe yeah. that um Let me see if I can make this sound fancy. Um, An exploration of gender, sexuality, and internet culture through the visual me or through the visual aesthetics of punk, vaporwave, cyberpunk, 2000s, like whatever the heck all of the weird toys we had in the 2000s aesthetic was like. Um, Using the kinds of aesthetics that we, both that we grew up with as children and that we see online and around the internet as adults pushing them to their natural extreme and then just making interesting looking illustrations out of that so anyone who like looks at my instagram or looks at whatever i have a lot of pieces and i'll have more recently that um are just like a lot of like insane colors like really ridiculous outfits like i'm influenced a lot by drag um just stuff that is as weird as possible but then when you say weird you have to narrow it down to like okay what do i actually mean by weird and for me, that's like stuff that's influenced by the internet, stuff that's influenced by glitch stuff, um, errors in like CG programs and stuff like that. And then that combined with, I really like thick outlines. I really like stuff that's influenced by like Trigger and uh, like the animation studio Trigger and uh, Gynax and like Flea Cooley and Dead Leaves and stuff like that. And just all of that kind of like shoved into a blender and mixed together and spat out to be whatever I make. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a good answer, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of chaos, but I, I think it look, at least looks cool. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and so where do you, after like making new pieces or making new drawings and things for your, for yourself, what, where do you draw inspiration? What kind of gets your brain flowing or to make new pieces I have on my iPad which is a just kind of image I guess library for me over a hundred thousand saved images um every time I watch like a movie or like a show or whatever on my iPad if I'm watching it there I'll like screenshot a ton of it I'll do dives on like certain fashion designers I like or certain like looks or things that I like of like different kinds of outfits different kinds of clothes I will dive into the tags of like, I, I keep saying this a million times, but like of like Vaporwave or Cyberpunk or whatever, and just save a ton of images. So I have these like collections on my iPad of like a ton of very specific images that evoked 
a certain kind of mood, whether that's like nostalgia for a hyper dense but lonely city or something like that, or um, feeling like you're like a kid in an empty Kmart that's like about to close down or something like that. And there are visual ties that come with all of that. So the first one would be a lot of neon purples and pinks and stuff like that. And the second one would be very like muted colors, probably like a VHS filter, stuff like that. And then once I kind of have those aesthetic, I whatever the heck that is, I kind of like meld all, like, it's like I look at all these images, shove them into my mind, mix them up somehow, and then create like, character like create a sketch of whatever character I'm doing or whatever outfit or whatever scenario um, I'm drawing and then like as I go with it I'll like line it I'll color it continue to look at that inspiration maybe grab some other things like cottage core whatever if I want to mix that with something else and yeah <laughs> the more I'm talking to you the more I realize the way I do this is just like I don't know <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing but maybe that's a good thing maybe that maybe it makes interesting stuff that sounds really interesting. It's yeah, it's, it definitely. It's it's not something that I've uh, the way people describe their their way of working, and it's really interesting. Um, well, I'd like to ask more about um how you would like your work to impact others. How what would you like your work to? Yeah, how would you like your work to impact the people seeing it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I th that's for whatever reason something that I always bumped up against when I was learning art is that like you. It, I think this is very much a thing in like art school, art school with like a capital A, where a lot of what you focus on is concept. And for whatever reason, that's the thing I have a lot of trouble with because for me, when I consciously put like a message or a concept in a piece, it feel like. I, I, I'm never happy with it for whatever reason. I both feel like whatever message I put in doesn't come out and the piece itself doesn't feel right. So for most of the things that I do, I feel like whatever process I've just been describing to you, whatever that Rube Goldberg machine happened and then whatever the final thing is, whatever its effect is its effect. So I don't, I guess, uh, I don't know. I want, <laughs> I want people to like them, I guess. I, I want people to, I feel like most of it would probably be about like gender and like 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 the perception of being that just like whatever your identity is like specifically I guess gender identity but in general can just be I don't know the, the like that's free that's fluid that you can do what you want with it that's customizable that who you are as a person is customizable and that by taking influence from the media around you you can make yourself whatever the heck you want to be but in short I don't really know that's not really a thing I've ever thought of and I guess I would have to ask other people what they feel about the pieces I made totally accept acceptable answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to your career uh I'd like to hear about the I'm really interested about it <laughs> so uh for those listening and hearing about storyboarding for the first time could you describe or or give a description of what that is for sure so storyboarding is how a normal kind of drawing or illustration you sketch something and then you like do line art or finish it or whatever the storyboard is kind of the sketch version of a cartoon it's the rough version of whatever the final visual story will be and the reason we have that is so that 
um, artists on the show, directors, et cetera, can look at what the final story will be and critique it, change it, make it best fit, whatever lesson or whatever emotion we're trying to convey. So the one of the other ways I try to describe it really well is say there's some canned pilot. There's some show that like existed at like Cartoon Network that never ended up happening. If someone's like, hey, look at these character designs for this show, you'd be like, oh, I know what the characters look like, but you wouldn't really feel like you've seen any of it where someone's like, hey, I have the storyboard for the first episode of the show and you watch the storyboard, even though it's not colored or animated or whatever, you basically watch the first episode. So yeah. Nice. And could you give a description of our uh, some of the day-to-day things you go through for this sort of job? Sure. Uh, usually it's easier to explain kind of like the our weekly process. Um, so the way, there's a couple different kinds of storyboarding. Most of what you think of when you storyboard is something called a script-driven show, which is you are given a script that a writer writes and you take that script and you storyboard it. There are also shows that are called board-driven shows, which is you get an outline and you, the board artist, actually write all of the dialogue. I, right now, I'm on a script-driven show and we actually use audio. So when we get our scripts, like when in the first week when they like tell us our new episode, they also give us an audio track of like the temporary voice acting and stuff like that so we can time it to that. So my first week will be thumbing it out, which means I read the script. I see, all right, what do I think these shots are gonna look like? What uh, are these characters gonna be doing? How are they gonna interact with each other? Where will they be? I decide staging, which is basically where are they in relation to each other? And I keep that consistent through my whole scene, but it's really, really, really rough. It's like as simple as possible. Um, and it's just to get my ideas down on paper. And then after that, I show that to my director and he gives me some notes, or maybe if I'm lucky, he doesn't, if my stuff was really good. Um, then our second week, I do roughs, which is basically the same thing as the first week, but maybe flush it out a little bit more, make the characters move some more, make stuff fit, whatever, whatever. We have a big meeting with like a ton of other people and then they review all that stuff, give us a ton of notes, we change stuff in our episode, and then my last two weeks are cleaning it up, which is I take the rough things I had, I make them look all pretty, I make them look all on model, which I'm really bad at, um, and then make sure it all looks good, and then by the end of that, I send it over, and then the next week I get my new episode. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. a, it's pretty interesting. I didn't know there was so much that went into that type of job. Well, obviously, but it, to hear it all is like, wow, that's a tough gig. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm a pretty light one, fortunately, but it's known to be probably like the heaviest workload of any job in the animation industry. Wow. And so what's your favorite part about being a storyboard artist? Uh, I mean, this is the one everyone says, but I just got to see it and it's pretty cool. Um, I really like seeing the things that I board actually get animated. Is like, cause I, this is the first show I've ever boarded on. I was a storyboard revisionist on Los Casa Grandes, which was a spinoff of Lab House. So I got to do like a little bit, but it wasn't like the things that I was drawing were totally getting animated. And now that's what's happening. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, it's weird. Cause I'm like, if I mess up, the end thing is messed up. But also the stuff that I draw, like recently, um, this episode isn't released yet. So I can't say like super in detail, but I added like a background element. It was like, it's all underwater so um I added a background element of like a certain sea creature that I really liked um and I was like I really 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 hope that the design is going to make this and it's going to be in the episode and then I saw the final animation come back a little bit ago and it was in the episode and I was like yeah like I can die happy now that little like that little sea creature that I love is in the background of this episode and that's all I need (laughs) so that's that's pretty cool 
nice and so you said you worked on la casa grande right that's the yeah and was it how much of the how much did you see or how much of the, what was your job in that that uh show so i was something called a storyboard revisionist so on a show on the storyboard team you have a ton of storyboard artists which is what i do now you usually have like nine to 12 of them because there's a lot um a director who is like the person who says yes to things and the person who gives notes and then a storyboard revisionist so once i am at the end of like my four week cycle once i finish my cleans like on baby shark and i send them off i don't touch that episode anymore i move on to a new one which means if like as it's going down the line if some director some executive is like hey actually we had these characters wear hats in the scene, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard for design to put all these characters in hats. We need to take the hats off them. Then that's the job of the storyboard revisionist. Um, they do any adjustments after like a board is kind of finished or whatever, and that could be anything as little as like adjusting a character's posing to as in depth as say a whole scene or sequence or like half of an episode needs to be changed. A lot of that will be the job of a board artist. And the most fun thing I got to do on. Uh, Casa Grande's was on that show we got the audio after the boards were finished so when we got the audio you would usually need to add some like acting poses to kind of make it fit um and I got to be the person that like would rough out pose out and like do those acting poses so I got to kind of do like a little bit of animation that was pretty cool that was like my favorite thing as a board as a revisionist nice and so I'm curious to know and now you've talked about your favorite things about the two shows you worked on. What are some of the challenges or maybe your least favorite parts of the this type of job? Um, I mean, right now, the biggest challenge would probably be COVID. Like, it, it's a benefit and it's a factor. I would say the benefit is, since this was my first ever board job, um, I, like, I, it's, it's a lot of work and it takes a long time to kind of adjust to that workload. Fortunately, since I was like working at home for the very, like I got this job during COVID. So I never worked in person as a board artist on Baby Shark. This whole show has been made during COVID. Um, so I got to adjust to that workload just in my house, using as much extra time as I needed to like get used to it. So that's pretty nice. But the worst part is I don't like know anyone on my show. Like I don't talk to people. Like, and that's not just, I mean, I, I could reach out more and stuff, but there's just not a lot of really like opportunities or reason to, like we just communicate with each other via email. Um, my director on this show, who I talk with most, uh, I knew him from my past show, so I already knew him. So I don't really get to know anyone, which kind of stinks. I would really love to be in person and like, yeah, like bond with my crew and stuff like that, but it'll happen eventually, so. Wow. That's yeah. that was that's a little bit disappointed, disappointing. Um, what well, what, since you do have a bit of that experience of being around others and working on a, in a in the studio setting, could you talk about a little bit about what that environment is like in person? Every show is different. I think our show Casa Grande is Loud House is like this too. But both of both Loud House and Casa Grande is and Nick since one's been off of the other, we're on the same floor we were a very loud show we talked a lot so it really is going from like a hundred to zero from like in person to covid we talked a lot um like we were constantly like like we would take like pretty long lunches because our show was loose enough it was like you get your stuff done on time you're good we would take pretty long lunches like hang out with each other 
the people around me, one of them, uh, one of the people like um, who had a cubicle near me was Micah Scherf. I think that's how you say her last name. If you look her up on Twitter, she's an incredibly talented character designer and she is very talkative in a good way. She becomes friends with like everybody on a crew. Um, and yeah, so we would just spend a lot of time like talking, hanging out. We had like a little kind of lunch nook in the back that we would just spend a long time like and yeah, I got to know a lot of people on that show very well. And we felt like, I felt like super, super bonded to everyone in that show, even though I was only on there for like eight months. Uh, whereas now I've been on this for almost a year and yeah, I don't know as many people, but working in person, very fun. And there's, there's also a lot more fluidity with like, if say like you need to ask like a board artist or something or something like that, you can just like pop into their office and be like, hey, how is this character supposed to move or something like that. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more like opportunities to be casual, I guess, when you're in person. Great. And you said a little, you talked a little bit about another job that you wanted to get to or work towards and in your career. And I just want to know about, about that. Like, where, where do you want to be in the industry? Where do you, what do you, what's your goal? That's a good question. Cause I've actually been thinking about that a lot recently. I think, uh, I think a lot of people who would be in and around or around my spot would be like, I want to like work as an independent artist and do stuff like that. For me personally, I have a lot of difficulty. I, I need a day job. I need something that I do as like a job job. So I have the freedom for my personal stuff to just go as crazy as I want. So in terms of storyboard stuff, I would love to be on a board driven show. I think board driven shows are really cool. I love, like, I really like writing. I really like storytelling. And I think like I've gotten a lot better as a board artist because like I've worked on it. Like you have to in order to keep your job. Um, but I think before that, one of like my better strong suits was writing, like character development, character exploration, stuff like that. So I would love to be on a show where I am able to do that. But I would also, the kinds of shows I was talking to you about before, like weird shows that you completely forget about. I want to work on that stuff. Like, and I would also really love to move into adult stuff. I really like adult animation, specifically adult swim, like whatever I can do to get onto adult swim shows, that is like all I want. Um, so yeah pretty i guess a lot but mainly board driven stuff or getting onto adult swim stuff because stuff's awesome nice um and one last question about kind of your career right um sure. i was just wondering um what has been your favorite project to work on whether it be at work or from school or personal project this is a very easy answer actually um one of my friends, Delon Warren, runs a small animation studio that he just does on the side called Acute Animation. And we he's in production right now of a pilot for a show called Rainbow Floor. I got to board on that uh, on that pilot. It's it's announced. I can okay, it's announced. I can give the like basic pitch. It's um if you ever know like how certain colleges in their dorms have rainbow floors. It's like the queer floor, the like gay floor where a ton of people who are queer will like live in the dorms and you can like you don't have to like just live with your same gender because gender doesn't really matter as much. It's that concept in a college, except like they're all animals too, just cause like, why not? Um, and yeah, I got to board on the pilot of that. I got to do like the climactic scene and Delon was really pushing us to do like really extreme like shot poses and like exaggerate the stuff as much as I can. I can't really do that in my day job. Like they really want us to be flat cause like save money, whatever. Um, but I really like pushing shots and I really like having the opportunity to do that. And he was just like, go as crazy as you want, do intense poses, push your shots and make it gay. And I was like, this better be a full show because this is all I want. Like if I could just work, I could just work on this forever. It was a combination of like a really, really well written script, 
characters that I latched onto immediately. If you look on um, the Instagram, the main characters are like, the main characters of pansexual, like, what's it called? Hopeless romantic rat who always gets rejected but is trying to find his true love. And I'm like, that is great. Like, I did, yeah, no, it was so much fun to work on. Everyone who worked on it was great. I really like the stuff I did on it and I'm really excited for everyone to see it. And I just like, I want more of it, but yeah and on top of that the aesthetic of it is like acid core a lot of colors a lot of like strange artistic styles mixed together so i'm like this is perfect this is like the best so cool. yeah cool <laughs> and we only have a bit of time left but i really want to know are you working on any personal projects currently that you would like to share a bit about yeah i uh can i plus some finished ones is that okay um, yeah, I actually just finished and put out uh, a music video that I was working on for an artist called The Black Ace. Um, I, or he contacted me a while ago and we made this music video that was a combination of live action backgrounds and animated characters on top of that, telling the story of like him slash his character growing up and accepting adulthood. The music video is called Stretch Marks. If you look it up on YouTube or go to my Instagram, my link tree, you'll be able to find it. Um, it's about the like growing of this person, like having having struggles, but not being, but being proud of that and being proud of the person that you've become. And I got to experiment with styles like that a lot. And I'm really, really, really happy with how it turned out. So yeah, anyone listening who wants to check that out, I would be very happy. That would be incredible. Um, All right. Hannah, yeah. well, thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you keep creating. Uh, everyone, please check out Hannah on Instagram and Etsy at hbosnian or check out hannahbosnian.com. For more info, go to kpcradio.com. Thank you all for listening. I'm Brian Tobias, kpcradio.com.